American Craftsman Podcast is proud to partner with Montana Brand Tools. The West was built by people with strength and great pride in their workmanship. It was a necessity that early settlers of Montana have a strong will, a resilient character, and great determination to tame the rugged landscape while adapting to its dramatic climate. That spirit, made in the USA pride and craftsmanship, is alive today, both in how Montana Brand Tools are manufactured and how they perform. Montana Brand Power Tool accessories are manufactured utilizing proprietary, state-of-the-art CNC machining equipment and the highest quality materials available. Montana Brand Tools are guaranteed for life to be free of defects in material and workmanship because we build these tools with pride and determination. Montana Brand Tools are manufactured by Rocky Mountain Twist, located in Ronan, Montana. Montana Brand's heritage comes from a long line of innovative power tool accessories. Use coupon code American Craftsman for 10% off your order at MontanaBrandTools.com. Well, here we are, episode 40. Wow, can you believe it? Big 4-0. That was a big year for me. 40? Yeah, that was 19... Uh, I don't know, let's see. That was 19... Uh, if I was 62, that was 2002. Right? I was born in 62. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that because that was the year we bought our house. That was my very first house. Wow. And that 2002. was 2002. We, we moved to New Jersey. I think I was in uh, seventh grade <laughs> or eighth grade. Must have been, must have been eighth grade. Seventh and eighth, second half of seventh. Yeah, who knew where you'd be in uh, 40 years? Yeah, wow. <laughs> So it had to be, it had to be, if it was 40, oh no, it wasn't 40, it was when I was 40, it wasn't yeah. 40 years ago. 40 years ago, yeah. it was uh, 81. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, here we are. Well, we're happy to be here. Yeah, as always, in the frigid basement. Yeah, it's like 60 degrees down here. Yeah, it definitely feels <laughs> like it's it's 90 outside right now. Oh yeah, it's nice and cool and uh, dry down here. Yeah, I, uh, I covered up the two. There's two supplies down here. I actually covered them up, and uh, it's still still cool. You know, we're on we're about seven feet underground. Yeah, so nice and cool. Uh, might as well get into the beer of the week, huh? Oh yeah, this is this is gonna be either a smash out of the park, grand slam, or this is gonna be send you, send you back to the miners, young man. You just don't have it. Uh oh. <laughs> I took some some extra pains to keep it chilled to give it every benefit that it could possibly get. Yeah, that uh, five minute ride in ninety degrees. Forgotten, bo- ooh, Mexican coffee funnel cake, cream ale <laughs> with coffee, spicy peppers and vanilla. Interesting. Now I see what you mean. Now, yes. Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing Company out of Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Uh, the short description is cream ale, but it's called Mexican Coffee Funnel Cake with coffee, spicy peppers, and vanilla, as you stated. Um. <laughs> Welcome to a carnival of epic. I'm trying to keep it a frame, read it through the camera. Yeah. Welcome to a carnival of epic proportions that are sure to shock and amaze, well-worn and deceptive in its familiarity. This beer is a compendium of mm. elements of coffee, vanilla, and spice. We partnered up with the sommelier 
From our yeah. Cherry Hill neighbors, Melita Coffee. What? Samo, yay for coffee. I don't think that's the right terminology. Huh. Uh, to create a specialty roast for this spiced up brew. Needless to say, enjoy the show. I like the can. Oh, yeah. The can's terrific. Sort of uh, like a three-eyed voodoo cat. Yeah, like a tattoo <laughs> flash-esque artwork. Kind of a woodpecker and, yeah, on like a coffee the colors. cup. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. I got to figure out how to pour. Dang, I'm not going to get it this week. Hmm. Not the color I was expecting. No, especially as they describe it, a, a cream ale. I mean, it is the color of a cream ale, but just with everything that's in there, I don't know. I was expecting it to darker. be darker. Yeah. Yeah. But a cream ale is this kind of like yellowy. Okay. Like a Genesee. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I had a, a friend from Buffalo that was big on the Genesee cream ale. Wow. Cheers. I'm pretty full. Interesting. You can smell the spice right off the top. Hmm. Wow. I couldn't give it a verdict right off the bat. That's very interesting. Brewed and canned by Forgotten Boardwalk Brewing, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Why is it Forgotten Boardwalk? Cherry Hill is nowhere near the beach. <laughs> Unless there's a boardwalk on the Delaware River. Hmm. The one thing I'll say about it is a lot of these beers of late have had kind of these uh, um, esoteric ingredients, I'll call it. Yeah. And this one, you can really taste some, like, the spicy peppers. Yeah. Mexican coffee funnel cake. I'm definitely getting like a churro kind of taste. That must be the vanilla. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely there's some cinnamon in there. Yeah, you're right. I wonder if it lists everything. Yeah, that's the one thing about beer. It's not like food where, you know, you have to list the ingredients. Yeah, they got I guess it's not considered like a, a actual food. But I think you're right about that cinnamon. Yeah. <laughs> it has like a almost like a milky yeah. like a milky kind of quality to it it's good i feel i I feel a little bit of the spice now yeah well i, I figured you would appreciate it yeah. you know hmm. yeah it's got a lot going on yeah uh let's get into the tool of the week yeah yeah bring it on it's your week so, uh, sorry, I'm still trying to get my mic adjusted. So you guys know we had audio issues. Uh, I'm not even going to fuck around with it. Had audio issues a couple times. And uh, so this this cord right here, if you're watching, goes through this boom arm. It goes out to the mixer. And the one that we got had a, a, a bum cord in it, yeah. unfortunately. Um, so 
Tool of the week this week is the uh, Gaiacucho little flush trim saw. Um, so I guess they're calling it the uh, 1151. So this is, um, you know, just a little Japanese pull saw, but there's no set to it. So it's it's totally flat. Yeah. Um, I know for a long time I tried to use a, a Japanese saw as a flush cut saw, and it, it doesn't work. It, you you just mar up your piece. So this, right. you can actually set down. You can set down on top, press it down with your fingers, and cut. And, you know, it's not no leaving any scratches on the surface. Right. So um, use this for trimming plugs and uh, Miller dowels, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, even, you know, you may run parts long, like a... I don't know. You run it. I can't think of something specific off the top of my head, but you run into these situations where you run a piece long and you just need to trim it off. And uh, maybe like a little piece of molding or something like that. Yeah, I was thinking like a. I don't know. Yeah, like a, maybe like a face frame. If you had a singular piece of like a piece of hardwood edge banding, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so it's good for that. Cheap, you know, fifteen bucks or so. Super flexible. And um, you know, it's a, a sort of a unit tasker, but. It does what it does really well. Yeah, you have to have one of those in the shop. Yeah. And the no set on the teeth is really Yeah, key. I mean, you can't, you can't uh, use a saw with set. And I think it has, it does have two different types of teeth. The one side is a little bit finer than the other. So, yeah, the guy Cucho uh, 1151. Dig it. Flush cut saw. That's how it's different than maybe a lot of saws you might find out there that have a similar appearance is the the no set on the teeth because yeah. I've I've had one or two where you know the, the teeth are pitched out mm -hmm. on both sides and you can't use it uh, that way unless you put something down like a card scraper and then you still have to go back and right. hit it with a plane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice, very nice. Yeah, about fifteen bucks. Have a uh, link down there. Yeah, as always, pick one up. Let us know what you think. Yeah, Guy Cucho's good. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, had a little blurb here. Someone wrote in. Uh, one of our patrons, Adam. He said a few weeks ago you were answering Eric's question about staying motivated and not judging yourself too harshly based on what you see on YouTube or Instagram. Yeah, I maybe. once heard someone sum that up really well and thought it might be worth passing on just because so many people struggle with it. The saying was, don't compare your backstage to everyone else's front stage. Man, I wish someone would have let me know that when I was like 18. <laughs> so I thought that was good. I thought we'd share yeah. that with you guys. Thanks a lot, Adam. Yeah, we got a good question by Adam too. Actually, I think that's uh, that's our question of the week. So you ah, can find that on the Patreon. Cool. Last week we talked about uh, the theoretical Green Street compound. Yeah, yeah. Hypothetical. Yeah, but uh, you know, there's always the, there's always a dream. Certainly not out of the picture. We're out of the realm of possibility. The only thing that seems out of the possibility is my electrified fence. I think we. Uh, Debunk the myth. We did debunk that. <laughs> the electrified chain link fence. 
this beard, it has barely any carbonation. Yeah. It's it's different. I'll say that. Get on to the first question of the week. Yeah. I'm just pondering this beer. I don't know how I feel about it. All right. Well, here's something else to ponder. This is from Dino. Koros Carpentry on Instagram. Is that a Greek name? I think so. <laughs> you know, I'm part Greek. <laughs> I'm not shocked. <laughs> That's a Sicilian heritage. <laughs> it's spread all over the Mediterranean. And Northern Africa. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the other half of my family always likes to remind me of. <laughs> so uh, Dino, he's he's asking... Do women use men that know how to build things? That's a provocative question, isn't it? Yeah. Today's time. Um, I'm going to say that... Uh, how do I... How do I want to put this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it to you. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to say the short answer... And this isn't a you know an all encompassing all women sort of thing, but does it happen? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, and this is just part of the dance between men and women, you know, especially in in youth and younger days. Women tend to use their sexuality as a <laughs> as a you know a bargaining chip. And men, we don't have that as much. So what are we going to use? You know, this this is just sort of the mating ritual dance that goes on. Yeah, yeah. I've never been so lucky as to uh, <laughs> my <laughs> my skill set wanting to be traded for yeah, well, any not, type of supposed dance. It's not. It's not a direct trade. <laughs> it's not like a like a, a transaction takes place. You know, just just part of the dance. Yeah, um, I was going to say, like, I, I don't know. I feel like not so much. Mm -hmm. It's not until you you are deeply married until <laughs> these things start, you know, where where your, uh, you know, your your specific skill set just is sort of like an expectation uh, yeah. where it's like, well, you know, this is what you do. So can't you just do this or, or that? Um and, you know, not to say there's anything inherently wrong with that because we all have our strong suits and, you know, why shouldn't we um, use them to our advantage? But do I think there's women out there who are like, hey, Dino knows how to build cabinets, so I'm going to go flirt with him and get some cabinets? I mean, maybe, but... Well, mm. I don't know. I I tell you, I used to get a lot of that. Rocky, <laughs> can you come over and hang some curtains for me? <laughs> Rob, do you know how to put up this shower rod? Maybe I'm just naive. <laughs> but I can add on to this little question. It's not just women. I have, I had, I'll say, a male, uh, I can't even call him a friend, an acquaintance, a friend a quarter. of my spouse's. <laughs> yeah. And this guy used to just use me for like, oh, man, Rob, can can you take me to Home Depot? Oh, is this the guy who was like, yeah, it's like two minutes off the highway. Yes, I mean, yes. It's like an hour. Yeah, it was over an hour to get path. down there. And so, you know, I was when I had first moved here. I didn't have a lot of friends. 
So I would go along and everything, and he didn't really know which end of the hammer to hold. And I was always, can you do this? Help me with this. Hang these closet doors. Can you do this? Can you do that? So I used to say to my wife, you know, the only time he calls me is when he needs something or needs, like, me to carry some stuff home in the truck. Oh, that's not true, she says. I said, watch this. First time ever I said I told him I couldn't do it, he never called me again. You got off easy. Yeah. So it's not just women, and it's not just knowing how to build things, but I think if we all take a look at ourselves, mm-hmm. we'll see we're all guilty of you know, moving those pieces around some oh, way yeah. or another. Yeah, it's just, that's human it's nature. It's the dance. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, do you know, it happens all the time mm-hmm. in one form or another. Not the uh, the comical answer. I think Dino was probably looking no. for but... <laughs> Oh, yeah. You mean like the, the wah-wah guitar? Wah, yeah. Oh, Jeffrey, come on in. Yeah. Yeah, I was just getting out of the shower, but uh, I wanted you to take a look at these bathroom cabinets no, for me. we know me. that does definitely does not happen. <laughs> Only in the magazines. <laughs> Penthouse, you know, I never <laughs> believed those stories until... I'm too young for that. Uh, we got one here from Tyler, T. Asher 702 on Instagram. What's a tool that isn't designed for woodworking but you use in the shop? Oh, yeah. I thought that was a good one. It is a good question. Um, I could think of a bunch of stuff that's near related, like metal working tools and, and especially like measuring tools, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, striking tools. Um, but I was trying to think of something like good. The, the only thing I could think of is when we used my meat thermometer to for the, the steam, <laughs> for the steam box. Yeah. Now we got our very own meat thermometer <laughs> for the steam box. Yeah. I couldn't bring that back in the house. <laughs> Uh, what the first thing I thought of, I uh, I bought a set of pallet knives, which uh, are like little spatulas yeah. they use for for painting, um, you know, for moving paint around on a pallet and even putting paint onto a canvas, and uh, I use those all the time for, yep. uh, you know, putty and epoxy and all that kind of stuff, you know, getting into little cracks with uh, whatever it may be, glue or filler or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're very, they're pretty small. They come in different sizes and, um, yeah, I find that much, much nicer than using a putty knife. Putty knife gets kind of clunky and, uh, it's not really the right shape. Like Mm -hmm. you have to use a putty knife on the end and the palette knife is like a diamond shape. So you, you can hold it and you still have a flat surface to, to scrape across with. So gives you that nice flex too. Yeah. Um, yeah, putty knife just seems clunky after using that. Mm-hmm. And we don't use a lot of putty or anything like that, but um, when we do, it comes in handy. Yeah, it sits right on top of the little container we have mm-hmm. usually. Yeah, I got a couple couple different sizes. They come rounded, uh, pointed, and different lengths. I like the small. It's like maybe an inch long. Yeah, it's nice if you're hitting like a couple little brad holes or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, like if you build paint grade doors and you shoot a couple brad nails in the back into the tenon, you swipe it over that real quick mm-hmm. and, and you're good to go. Yeah. All right. You want me to read the next one? Yeah. 
this is uh, from Miles, one of our patrons, uh, Eat Drink Wine Guy on Instagram. Hit him up. Uh, what's your secret to flat panel glue-ups? Biscuits, dominoes, clamping calls? I think you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty simple. It's just uh, really flat and square wood and um, and parallel clamps and maybe some calls if mm -hmm. you need it, but that's really it. Yeah. We take a lot of time prepping the wood. Yeah. That's that's kind of our calling card. You know, we, we really... Um, in stages, mm -hmm. rehum, you know, acclimatize the wood, yep. playing it more than once. So as long as you got a nice clean um, end on there, and those clamps, I mean, these things just kind of put themselves together most of the time. Yeah, I mean, if everything is the same thickness and it's nice and flat, and you know the edges are square, then it should just mm -hmm. you know go together. Granted, you know sometimes a board has a little bit of a, a a, uh, a twist or something to yeah. it and you might need to work you know work it together to get it to all line up without you know having to sand the hell out of it i think that dominoes and and biscuits are a waste of time yeah me too they don't you know the structure they biscuits don't really add structure dominoes add structure but it's not needed um because you know the glue is stronger than the wood anyway so the yeah. wood's gonna break before yeah. Um, Unless you have like some sort of cantilever, like a 24 inch overhang that someone's going to be like jumping on. I don't see the need to reinforce an edge glue. Yeah. We, we had one guy. I, I still think I have PTSD from his glue ups. Oh, with hitting, <laughs> hitting him with the hammer. Yeah. His method was to tighten the clamps up. And then smack down the joints as hard as yeah. he could. So when you smack the, the right side, the left side goes out. Yeah. And then, then you go smack the left side. I swear. I jump out of my skin, be working over my back. Face the other way. Crack. You know, just not even with a dead blow, with like a, you know, the hard plastic mm -hmm. hammers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, finesse, I think, is key on the... Uh, <laughs> on the glue up and you know you tighten them until until they just you can move them with finger pressure mm -hmm. move them up and down to get them lined up then you tighten the clamp down yeah you don't tighten the clamp down first and then try and move them it doesn't make right. sense because if it moves it means it's not clamped down yeah um it always helps to ha be doing things over and over and over again you learn the little nuances of your uh, set up and mm -hmm. all these things. So I think that's why um, those things don't present a problem for us. I've been doing it this way for 40 years. <laughs> I have been doing it that way for about 20. So, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the clamps make a big difference for me, too. Yeah. You know. I think even if you're using pipe clamps or something, it's... Yeah. You know, doing the over-under thing. Yeah. Know. Uh, I got one here from Peter. I think he's local to us. Uh, Rusterholtz Woodworking on Instagram. It's getting a little personal here. Uh, do you guys have a monthly or yearly gross sales number per person to keep the lights on? Yeah, I mean, we we kind of go week to week. You know, we we get paid weekly, so I would suppose that's our weekly number, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I, to me, keep the lights on implies like not including our what yeah, we pay ourselves. Yeah. Um, so we won't get into specific numbers, but we, you know, 
we have insurance, all of our subscriptions, which are like QuickBooks and Google mm-hmm. Suite and that kind of stuff. Um, that's really it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the shop is, a, is on Rob's property and, um, you know, so there's no, obviously if we're not working, Rob's not gonna be able to pay his mortgage, but <laughs> so it's kind of a complicated, it's a complicated answer. Um, so there's no like rent per se, Yeah, but, but um, the, the, the business carries things at times, you know, and it's so everything's equitable. Um, because that's a question that comes up with people. Yeah. But we don't have any problems with that. I, I think part of that is just um, that comes down to character, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, well, again, go harking back to. <laughs> well, it's not like you bought the house with the shop there. Right. So it's like the mortgage payment is the house and the shop. Yeah. You built the shop. Yeah. And then it ended up paying it off over, yeah. you know, however long. years, yeah. And yeah. so it's like kind of like the shop is just it's there. It's, it's there. Yeah. It's, I mean, the shop was there when I worked at Tom's. Yeah. And just sitting. I didn't even go in there for like a year. That's when all the mice moved in. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Because when we moved into the shop, there were all kinds of little mice nests yeah. and everything everywhere in the drawers. We did have that squirrel that was getting in for a while. Yeah, yeah. It's probably got too hot up there. Oh, in, in the, the attic. attic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. not a lot of action in the last... Uh, yeah. Maybe they're dead up there. That's, yeah, I hope not. Yeah. I can smell that. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we we just try and keep a positive cash flow. Yeah. There have been times, especially through the pandemic, where we're running out of work and we're mm-hmm. going, uh-oh, we, you know, what are we going to do next week? Yeah. And then we just start beating the bushes mm-hmm. and... Um, we're, we're fortunate that we're both pretty much, uh, you know, hard workers. We, we, we're not going to sit around and just take it. No. So we've gone out and rustled up some work. Yeah. That's the way that goes. Yeah. I mean, it's, (laughs) it doesn't always just fall in your lap. No. (laughs) And we're not afraid to go out there and make some calls and Mm -hmm. and do things, uh, to to see what's out there too. That was a good one. We got a funny one here from uh, from our buddy Tim. <laughs> True trade carpentry. <Yeah. laughs> What's your favorite woodpecker tool? Um, I'm trying to think of one that I do like. I, I could probably think on it for a bit. There, listen. I'm a big hater on the woodpecker's tools because I don't. I see a lot of people who have like a job site table saw and like 15 woodpecker squares <laughs> and it, it just pisses me off because they got it totally backwards. Um, you know, people, they have this marketing thing and, yeah. and it's all subliminal and, and, uh, none of it's like direct. They're not like, you need these woodpeckers tools to no. be a good woodworker. It's like a club, but they mentality. put them in certain people's hands and put it in front of, you know, it's all this, uh, influencer marketing and stuff. And I just don't see the value in the tools um, because, I mean, we use just regular, I mean, we use good marking tools, but nothing crazy. We don't have a wall full of squares. Um, so I got a, I got a real bug up my ass about woodpeckers. <laughs> Plus they're red. Yeah. And aluminum, which is, yeah. you know, not a very accurate metal. Yeah. Because it um, fluctuates. We don't really, we don't have any woodpecker tools. No. Um, 
I, I mean, if they sent some along to try, I would certainly give them a fair shot. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to send it back and say I'm not even going to try it. Right. I'm sure the stuff is decent mm-hmm. or even good. It might be great for all I know, but I just find the uh, the need is not really there. Yeah. Uh, for myself, when I've been in the market for something that Woodpecker makes... Uh, not directly Woodpecker. I've always chosen another brand based on, you know, like a quality and cost comparison. Yeah. What spurred this question is I sent this video of they have like a combo square that has like, they're like, oh, it's got detents at every inch. It's got a, a little flip thing that flips out so it doesn't fall down when you like put on the edge of a board uh, it's got all holes in the thing, so you can yeah. draw lines. They're like, you can mark 45-degree miters. Who's marking miters? <laughs> like, the whole thing. Yeah. Not just marking long points, just, short points. Yeah, exactly. Like I just, I don't get it. We don't use a 45-degree square, I don't think, ever in the shop. That really nice one I have, that Japanese one, I think oh, the, the last, Shimwa, yeah. yeah, last time I took it down was to show it for, like, tool of the week, probably, and maybe do a, a little bit of small layout. Um, I just, I don't know what everybody's laying out so much. You know, most of these things are just like being worked out on the table saw or right. the band saw or, or whatever with setting fences and fixtures and, and jigs and stuff. I just, maybe we're in a different type of realm of workflow. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's I barely thing. even pull out the double square. Yeah. Yeah. That, and it, usually that's to check something that's already kind of been done, you know, like I use it to lay out screws. That's the 99.9% of the time. And if I pull out the double square or a combo square, it's just to lay out lines for screws, which really I don't even have to do. Mm -hmm. I'm just obsessive over it. Right. Um, they make something now. It looks like, um, like a woodpecker version of, you know, it's probably about a foot long. Like, you know, those drywall T squares, I guess that's what it is. It's a T-square, almost like a drafting T-square. filled with holes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tim's got like three of them. Oh. I was busting his balls. <laughs> I just saw it. The, on the, uh, that combo square thing, they're like, yeah, you can draw lines every one-sixteenth of an inch. Well, okay, you can, but for what? Yeah, You know, it, as an old draftsman, it seems like a more useful tool sitting at a drafting table and using it. As a as a T square, but nobody does that anymore anyway. No, I don't even do that anymore. <laughs> I went to school for it. <laughs> like, let's say you wanted to draw line, sorry, lines every sixteenth of an inch down a board. It would be more accurate and easier to just draw out a tick mark every sixteenth mm-hmm. at the top and at the bottom, and then connect them with a straight edge. Because mm-hmm. then you're not worried about trying to slide your pencil with this thing. Yeah, um, I'm not sure why that would be necessary on a board in the real world. Um, I'm going to drill holes every 16th of an inch. Yeah, that's a small hole. A 132nd hole every 16th of an inch to make a slot. All right, Woodpecker. Uh, We're throwing down the gauntlet. Send us a tool. No, don't that even will make us eat our words. If if Rob and I disappear, you know who did it? <laughs> Those dickheads over woodpeckers. Uh, oh, this is this is um 
This is from Manny, our patron to Manny Mistakes on Instagram and, and great friend and co-worker. Yeah, it should be uh, coming by the shop pretty soon. You want to read it? Yeah. Is close enough a measurement ever used by you guys? And what are your thoughts on the phrase itself? Um, yeah, I would say that we use that in an appropriate way. It's, it's not to be taken as, uh, you know, something that you, you, you use in your everyday terminology, like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're not being careful, right? but there are some instances where let's say we were adding a, a style onto a cabinet with a scribe on it. We don't really know how big that scribe needs to be. You know, we have a general idea. So I, should I make that two and a half or two and three eighths? Ah, two and three eighths is close enough. Yeah. Um, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like, you know, if you're, if close enough is good enough all the time, then you got a problem. <laughs> but if it, in a, in an appropriate situation, um, you know, something that's not going to be seen, you know, that's never going to be seen by the client, it's going to be covered up, then close enough is close enough. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're, you're, uh, you know, you're making a, uh, an end panel and it's four quarter with a rabbited, you know, panel inside of it. And, you know, the panel's got an eighth inch gap on the backside. Wow. That's close enough. Right. Because it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, if so if you're making a door an eighth of an inch and it's three sixteenths of a gap on the other enough. side, that's not close enough. <laughs> it don't you you can't use it as a crutch. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it's just a part of speech, it's certainly used. If it becomes a an actual measurement, then yeah, you're in trouble. Enough. Lou, thirty two minutes forty five seconds. First you on to the show. Oh yeah, we go. Hey, that's that was pretty good. Yeah, I think it was an hour six last time. Oh. Or maybe not. No. I have to have like a yawn count at the bottom. Uh, what's going on over your shop, Manny? Is close enough? Uh... Close enough is that's for a job. <laughs> a plus. Lou, had, Lou introduced me to the expression <laughs> good from far, far and from far good. from good. Yeah. <laughs> That's that goes hand in hand with close enough, doesn't it? Yeah, shit. Prairie cock for those <laughs> wide open spaces. <laughs> yeah, indeedy. You got this one from AC. All right, yeah. I know you all have discussed the domino. Any opinions or experience on the Lamello Zeta P2? AC Brasso designs on Instagram. Down in uh, Covington, Louisiana. There you go. That's a name for Louisiana. Yeah. Quite appropriate. I wonder if he says Louisiana. 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 Is it Yankees that just say Louisiana? Mm, I'd say it's probably more people than not. Yeah. Well, we don't know. Maybe he could correct us on that. So, um, I know you haven't used it, right? No. No, I haven't used the Zeta either. Um, we were just kicking around the idea a couple weeks ago of getting one for this commercial job because we have some parts that need to be joined on site, you know, for this wall, yeah. uh, this sort of applique, this decorative like an art it's a tree. Wall. It's a tree that goes on a wall. I, I don't know how to explain it any better. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but not, but not an actual tree. It's right. Sort of a cubist 
representation of a tree. Yeah, very geometric uh, representation of a tree. So for those of you that don't know, the Lamello, Lamello makes biscuit joiners and doweling machines and stuff. Um, the Zeta P2, it cuts, basically imagine a biscuit slot, but then the very furthest part of it has a, a, an additionally wider channel. So you can slide in these connectors that get locked into the groove, into the the round mortise, the, the semicircular mortise, and you can have um, connectors that clip together, like straight in, edge to edge like this, that slide in together, yeah. that you know, connect with a, with a, a locking mechanism with an Allen key. Um, there's like maybe four or six different things you can use and you can use it to just cut regular biscuits. Um, it's like 1500 bucks. It's, it's definitely a cool tool. Um, but you know, I haven't used it, so I really can't yeah. give a, a real opinion on it, aside from the the sort of cool factor. And I could definitely see, I mean, there's definitely been times where we're like, oh, man, if we had that, we could have done this. or, But, yeah. you know, you make do. I mean, Lamello makes good stuff. Yeah, and we have used the Lamello biscuit joiner. Yeah. You know, a lot. And um, it's, a, it's a damn nice biscuit joiner. That's yeah. about, probably about a six seven hundred dollar biscuit joiner there's a difference between it and you know a, yeah a uh ryobi or a, or yeah dewalt. dewalt everybody's used the dewalt the yeah. dewalt's like you know you feel that thing when you run Th it that you... was one of my first tools i actually gave it away um i it was that before i even had a domino i just said i just don't have a use for this i don't really like what i know about it i mean mm -hmm. i'm sure there could have been different times i could have used it but uh, um, and I think Festool's starting to produce a line of like uh, RTA type things. Yeah, they've the had Domino. them out for a while. I've heard nothing but negative things about them. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think the two things need to go together, like the biscuit and the Domino, and these like uh, I I call them sort of like RTA assemblies. Knock yeah, knockdown. Yeah. Um. We don't have any any hands-on experience. Our opinions on Lamello stuff are high. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess if you presented us with a specific application, uh, you know, we would say, yeah, we would we would dig having that, or now nah, we'll just do it the way we would normally do it. Yeah, I mean, if we had it, we'd certainly use it. But um, you know, <laughs> we've sur survived thus far. Yeah, I mean, we there's even been times where it's like, if we had a biscuit joiner, I would have done this, but. Yeah. You know, there's only so much room for tools. That's true. That's true. We we've uh, uh, shed a few pounds over the year and a half, two years. Get rid of the dead wood. That's it. Dead wood out. Um, this is a topical question here from Matt. First, do construction on Instagram without air conditioning in the shop. What would be the desired humidity level to try and maintain? Um, I'd say in that 35% sort of range. Yeah. That's like typical indoor uh, ideal humidity level, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I'm off by, you know, 5% degree, five no, or something, I mean, but I think from, that's about it, 35 40%. From everything I've read, anything over 50 becomes humid mm -hmm. and anything under 30 becomes kind of too dry 
Yeah, like we have a humid, uh, you know, a uh, humidifier hooked up to our furnace, and it's it's set at thirty five. There you go. So in the winter time, there's like a little honeycomb uh, wick that the pipe, you know, feeds water to it, and the air goes by it. There's like a little bypass. So right now it's bypassed. But yeah, that's what we keep it at thirty five. Yeah. Um wonder what it is in the shop. With the AC on, it's probably it's got to be close to that. Yeah, I mean, it's comfortable. Yeah. And these have been probably some of the most uncomfortable days we've had in a long time. These last three. Yeah, it's been hot. And the humidity. Yeah, New Jersey is very humid in the, in the summertime. Very humid. Uh, you're talking to a guy from Louisiana. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> He's saying Pasha. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see your hum- humidity and raise you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it definitely can't be as bad as it is down there. No. But I think sometimes it's got to be about the same. Yeah, I mean, we, we get in, we've get in. we hit 90%, haven't we, up here? Uh, I don't know. Or is that possible? Uh, Could that just be the temperature? No, I mean, there's times where it's 100% of it's raining. Yeah, but I mean, like, the. I wonder what it is these last few days. Like, I wonder what it was yesterday. Because that would have been a good uh, gauge. U.S., Midwest, and Mississippi have recorded dew point temperatures above 80. I don't know what that means. You can see what it is right now. Yeah, that's true. I mean... It's not nearly as bad as it was yesterday. I'm going to guess it's in like the 70s. 76%. Okay. So it had to be at least in the low 80s yesterday as far as humidity. Uh, Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. So, yeah, keep it in. Keep it under 50. That's what I would say. Yeah, anything under 50 and you'd be all right. Yeah, you won't be uh, in for catastrophic failure. <laughs> that sounds so comforting. <laughs> you want to read the next one? Yeah, I got one here from our buddy Kevin. He's one of our patrons, Kevin McMahon on Instagram. Uh, what are common areas clients don't spend enough time or money on in a project? <sighs> you know, um, I know that in we've experienced it and we kind of worked it through it with the, that kitchen job, but I'm always disappointed at how little clients seem to care about the drawer boxes. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you could say, yeah, I can make you this nice three quarter inch clear maple drawer box dovetailed, blah, blah, blah. Well, we can give you this on the other end. There's this plywood drawer box that your other furniture has in it you see the difference yeah but do i really need that yeah that that's what they say yeah that's definitely a a common occurrence um i mean i think it's just an overall kind of thing you know overall people not our clients because if they if they're not of this mindset they never become a client but I think just people in general don't aren't willing to spend enough time or money. Not even time; it's not their time, but they're not willing to spend enough money on something. Their expectations, budgetary expectations, are way too low. Yeah, 
for a, you know, a custom piece of furniture. So especially like infrastructure items, I would say they really, they don't want to concern themselves with that. No, they only care about what you see. But there's, I mean, there's all sorts of, uh, we could, there's plenty of areas. Even like hardware, you know, yeah. decorative hardware. Um, there's a big difference between a $5 piece of hardware and a $25 piece of hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always used to tell clients for like interior door hardware, like these, you're going to be touching this every single day. Right. You have a quick set. I got a, I have quick set upstairs. You have a quick set knob <laughs> on your front door. It feels like shit. You have a piece of Rocky Mountain hardware. It's it's a whole different yeah. realm. And uh, um, we experience that all the time, don't mm-hmm. we? Uh, and the the times that uh, clients let us pick out the hardware, they always are really impressed with it. Yeah. And then they see the difference in cost isn't that much at all. No, and even if it is, it's worth it. It's yeah, not, that's what I mean. Not it's a, like the values there right. is what I should have said. Um, yeah, they don't spend enough time or money on those things. Um, and I don't know. I, I mean, there seems to be, I would say they don't spend enough time on on proper planning. Um, you know, they want something or... And then you give them a drawing and you say, well, you see how this isn't going to work because you wanted something that's 60 inches and your room's only 100 inches wide. Mm-hmm. And now you can't get around this piece without moving this chair out of the way. And um, so eh, I, I think those are I, we look at them as opportunities for us in a way. Yeah. I mean, I don't expect the client to know that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's that's just their ignorance. And I don't mean ignorance in a negative connotation. No, but it's it's good when we walk into a situation like that because it allows us to sort of gain a little bit more um, uh, control over the input of the job mm-hmm. and then the direction. We can build trust with the client. Yeah, you know, when you're first meeting with someone, you're going through all these this like you're in like the proving ground where you you need to have those opportunities to say. Well, no, it's actually like this. <laughs> so they start yeah. to see like, oh, wow, I can actually trust these people. Right. And they know what they're talking about. And, yeah. you know, if you come in and the client has the whole thing designed, what the hell they need you for? <laughs> they might as well just go have some guy down the street make it. Yeah. Chico. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, we know Chico. If you knew Chico like I knew. I don't know. That. <laughs> you got this next one? Oh, about air conditioning? No, that was a that was three questions ago. Oh. You read that one. <laughs> Do you work with veneer? If so, is a vacuum press worth the money? John, Trinity Tradesman on Instagram. I, I have to say, I'm getting pretty good with addiction lately. I <laughs> must must be the vitamins I'm taking. Must I, be the sixty two years of practice. <laughs> Trinity no, Tradesman, not 62. 59, 59, 1962. <laughs> uh, short answer, no and yes. <laughs> so, I mean, not that we haven't worked with veneer, but we don't regularly work with veneer or, or, um, you know, typically work it into jobs. But, but if you are, then a vacuum press is definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've used a vacuum press before. We don't mm-hmm. own one. 
it makes the job so much easier. Yeah, and, and there's a lot there's a lot you can do with it. Um, you know, bent laminations, stuff Forms, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, I mean, that's another one of those things. If we had fifteen hundred bucks laying around, we'd grab one of those too. Yeah, and a nice five dedicated by ten space bag. for it is nice, so you don't have yeah. to unroll it and all mm-hmm. that other junk. Um, I like working with veneers at times because it gives you a chance to use some different types of wood that mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily get to um you know put into a job but mostly as for me it's been like accent wood and mm-hmm. things like that like some drawer faces or yep. something like that yeah it's a good way to work a figured figured wood into mm-hmm. uh into a job yeah and you don't have to worry about the workability and the and the cost as much um because you know you don't want to be planing bird's eye maple all day no no know? and i mean if you had a, a big enough job you know, a decent size, like a kitchen or, or a room full of furniture kind of thing, that vacuum press would pay for itself oh, on yeah. that very first job. Then the next job is free. Yeah. I like that math. Yeah. You yeah. have a real good job. You get a Zeta P2 and a vacuum bag. <laughs> and a woodpecker square. Mm. You could use it as a doorstop. Yeah. Oh. What features would you want? They're in not going to send me anything now. <laughs> your dream, not bringing any of that shit into the shop. <laughs> what features would you want in your dream workbench? I'm building mine now. It's from Nathan at Tree of Life Woodworking on Instagram. I'm, I'm a little envious that Nathan is building his dream workbench. Yeah, I mean, that's something both you and I would like to do. Yeah, and it's not that I have a bad bench because I spent like eleven hundred bucks on my bench. Yeah, your bench is nice. Twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was simple economics that even though that was a lot of money back then, it still is the idea of having to build it because you're not going to just half-ass your bench. No, you're going to build it. It's going to be all the bells and whistles and you're going to take time to, you know, cut all the joinery because it's a lifetime thing. Mm -hmm. So I said, let me cut myself off at the pass here and just buy this so I don't spend two months and $3,000 making what I could get here yeah. for 1100 Not the same bench, of course, but uh, a bench that served me well for yeah. 20 years now and will keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a lot of time and a lot of even the material costs is a lot. Um. I would definitely want, you know, a couple of those twin screw vices, mm. you know, the ones that, uh, um, you know, will can't and stuff like that. Uh, sliding dead man. I mean, the whole, I yeah. mean, you want the whole nine, everything. Yeah. Dogs, yeah. square dog holes, round dog holes, you know, for hold fasts. Um, like an end vice. Oh, yeah, face vice and an M vice. And, uh, Where, how know. do you feel about the tray on the back? Um, I mean, I use it. I, my bench is too small. It's too yeah. fucking small. Yeah. Even with that extension I put on it. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you need a big bench because you need a place to put things. Yeah. I wish my bench was bigger too. And yours is about twice the size of mine. <laughs> well, um, I use the tray too, but, It's like the tray is like the dining room table. You know, if the tray wasn't there, would I miss it is the question. Mm. 
You know, or do you, or you just put stuff in there because it's there? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think you'd be putting it. The good thing is it gets it out of the way at least. Yeah. You know, if it's not tall, it'll, you're working over top of it. Yeah. Um, I always have like a couple of pieces of sandpaper in there. Errant screws I'll slide off into the, Mm -hmm. into the tray there. Um, Tell us maybe a small tape measure. But yeah, I, I like everything you said. Um, what kind of wood would you would you? That's the least of my concerns. Start with would you be using it in an artistic fashion? The woods. Mm, I mean, maybe a little bit, but not really. Yeah, I don't know. I could see like adding some uh, dark colored accents to things. Yeah, like the, yeah. The vices and maybe that, but the top I'd probably want nice and clean and clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be more concerned with functionality and not mm-hmm. the aesthetic, you know, nice joinery and stuff. But, like, Scan Woods, like his new bench, it's just, he's been working on the thing for, like, months, months and months. <laughs> That's it's what happens. with these lambs, tongues, hand car, and it's beautiful. But, you know, the first time I chop into it with my chisel, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. You see, I mean, I'm pretty much a a work a day kind of guy like I I don't want to drill into my bench but I've done that if I have to I will and then I'll go back and I'll there's a couple of areas where I there's actually like an inch plug in the Mm. top of my bench where I drilled but so that's what happens and you're right I wouldn't want to make it so nice that I would be afraid to mar it up because it's a work bench yeah you don't want to worry about getting finish on it or glue right or you know, you could get glue on there, but then you got to get the glue off. Yeah. And it's going to yeah. leave a, a blemish. Yeah. Um, you know, you get something metal with glue on it and you get a blue spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I just can't see spending that much time on it. You like the idea of uh, cabinets underneath the bench? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'd probably spend more time trying to figure out how I was going to size and arrange those things than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, bench is pretty simple. You don't need, um, you need good work holding and a nice flat heavy. Yeah. Heavy is one of the most important yeah. parts. Um, I'd love to see uh, some photos of the dream bench. Yeah. Especially uh, as it's coming along. Mm-hmm. And get a little bit jealous. All right, Tommy's Custom Shop on Instagram. Tommy wants to know, what are your favorite materials to work with and what's your favorite build of all time? Um, I'm yawning like crazy. Um, favorite materials to work with? Wood. Most woods? All woods? I'm, I'm being a... Uh... Snarky? Yeah. Um... You know, I don't know if I've found my favorite yet. Because I like cherry a lot, but the burning drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. I like white oak a lot, but the splintering drives oh. me crazy. Maple's nice, but it's just a little too hard. And walnut and sapili, the dust bothers me. So I, I don't know. I haven't found a favorite yet. Yeah. Um, 
I've only had a chance to work on it in a limited fashion, but real mahogany. Mahogany is it once when I worked on it for that guitar body. I the one of the first things I thought was, now you know why it's all gone. Yeah. Um, because the workability on it is so high. Um, mm-hmm. It's just you have sharp tools. You just can go through it like it's so much softer than it is in a way. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, and it gives you a nice soft glow if you finish it with, you know, oil and wax. I like that. It's it's not my favorite looking as far as like, you know, using the wood itself as part of the design, but it's my favorite to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite build of all time. God, that's... <laughs> it's not true 100% of the time, but it's almost always the one I'm working on. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, that's one of those things where you can't even remember everything. That Yeah, I forget half the things so that i So it's... Uh, I'm sure there's people out there that have one standout thing where they're like, mm-hmm. this was my magnum opus, but I don't know. And we're very critical, too. So yeah, so it's hard. Every job is, you know, you leave a little bit unsatisfied at the mm-hmm. end. Like we would have wanted to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, like, I mean, that door came out really well. Yeah. Um, yeah but there's still, like, little things on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's that we don't always get to see the, the stuff we do in its best light in the home, because like that door, we left it there on leaning against the wall. And even then we saw a picture of it installed by the GC, but it still had the wood in there. It didn't have the glass light. Yep. It's bags of plaster. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, and it's you know, not the, a staged photo. The beauty in these things is actually using them. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, they only yeah. mean so much when they're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. The real value is in using it. Right. You know, a kitchen looks nice, but it's in using the kitchen. It's not just when it's just sitting there yeah. looking at it. You know, then it's really worthless. What's that worth? Just, mm-hmm. okay, hey, it looks nice. Yeah. Um, we do take function. Uh, into things uh, really high up on the list, like mm-hmm. even those confessionals, um, the function on the on the priest side. We we really spent a lot of time and effort designing that area of the job. Yeah, hopefully they're using them now. Oh yeah, I, you know we better call Father Al and see what he's up to. If yeah, people are getting in there. Hopefully. Yeah, because we could just call and check, make sure he's got all the controls working and everything. Yeah. That's Make sure I lose the skeleton keys. <laughs> uh, I got one here from Bryce Waffle Beaver on Instagram. That's the best name. Yeah, one of uh one of the guys that we met on Clubhouse. Um, what is the next thing that you guys would like to learn? Doesn't have to be woodworking related. Wow, that's a good one. Um. You have anything off the top of your head? Uh, well, with this job coming up, I I definitely like to learn how to do some welding. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because why not? Yeah, welding's cool. Metalworking and all that stuff. Um, I don't know. I I, I think uh, 
This is going to sound... Uh, You're done? You're done learning? Oh, God, no. I mean, <laughs> it, this is what happens, though, as you get older. It becomes more daunting. Mm. Um, it's Technology has become a little bit daunting because it changes so fast. Uh, that, yeah. Um, Changing for all of us, though. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like, from, but most of the time for me, I'm happy with, like, uh, you know three or four operating systems ago. Mm. Like they, we didn't need to improve uh, Catalina. <laughs> you know, I was fine with Catalina. I don't know why I got something else yeah. now. I would say um, I would like to maybe, in, not now, but in the future, learn golf. Hmm. Um, I know I've a gone, guy that could teach you. Yeah, because I've gone out on the golf course with friends at times. And it's just a great experience being on those beautiful landscape places. And just, mm-hmm. it's because I didn't, I guess, because I'm not heavily involved in scoring the game. I just found it really relaxing and drive around the car. You have a few beverages, you're smacking this ball around. Um, I would like to be good enough to go out with other people. And not be a hindrance. Right, and not be that guy. <laughs> Rob's balls in the woods again. Yeah, yeah. That's But I can't see myself doing that until, like, I'm really not working anymore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, <laughs> Whatever that happens. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say we had somebody that, you know, yeah, would like to uh, just take some time off and go golf. Right. must cause, be nice. Because it, um, it seems to be a... A very possessing sort of thing. Oh, by the way, I got a golf tournament next week. I'm gonna, I got a golf tournament tomorrow. I'm going to be out for two days. It's in um, uh, Scotland. Yeah. What about you? Welding? Anything else on? Uh... Uh, it's a, I mean, it's a long list, and it's always bouncing around. Yeah, yeah. The flavor of the moment is uh, is welding. I'll see if Manny will let me, uh, let me uh, use the welder a little bit yeah. when we're building that... Uh, Wine cabinet. Yeah, it would be nice if you could have stake claim to a couple of welds on there. Yeah. Manny recommended I go to Harbor Freight, pick up a, a weld. <laughs> <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Manny wouldn't suggest that. Yeah, I know. Manny's he's, he's one of the good ones. Yeah. That's for sure. He's going to scoff when he hears that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I like this one from Tom, Tom McGuire, one of our patrons, local guy. Do you set a chair outside and go Benny watching, or sorry, and do Benny watching on the weekends at home? Oh, I'm sure Jeff's going to have the same answer as me. We dislike most people so much that the last thing we want to do. Go out and look for people? <laughs> yeah, is go watch them. I I hide from those people. Yeah. So I'm sure 99.99% of you have no clue what a Benny is. Oh, so, that's right. You know, we live at the at the beach in New Jersey, you know, what most people refer to as the Jersey Shore. This is the northernmost part of it, so it stretches from, this is really the beginning of it, from Highlands all the way down to Cape May. And um, Bennies are, you know, like the term for people who come from out of town to come to the beach and it stands for Bayonne, Elizabeth, Newark, New York, because that's like where the main places where people used to come from. Which are all north of here. Right, yeah, North Jersey and New York. Um, and, you know, 
the Bennies are stigmatized and uh, deservedly so for a lot of reasons. Yeah, a lot of times. Um, but, you know, they do prop up the uh, local economy during mm-hmm. the summer, so it, you, know, you can only... It's like any area that relies on this seasonal influx mm-hmm. um, to prop up their economy. And I, I'm willing to bet that the, all the locals, you know, they have this distaste for them, even yeah. though... Um, you know they need them. I mean, they're certainly not propping up anything in Middletown, not our town, no, but no. you know the beach, the beach towns, the resort towns. Right, we're not directly impacted by. No, they're certainly not buying our goddamn furniture. Just uh, you know, they create traffic. And yeah, so for us, they're more of a problem. You know, because they're not coming, they're not coming here and spending money. They're going to Seabright, mm-hmm. and you know, you guys, I'm sure, heard of Seaside and Wildwood and Cape May and those yeah. big Atlantic City. Um, that's where you know. So they just beaches up and down the whole. Yeah, they use our roadways and, uh, excuse me, they'll stop and eat and maybe uh, create some havoc somewhere. Mm-hmm. Getting to the to the end of my beer here. Yeah, my opinion's you know, changing as. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting to be just a bit too it's a much. A little laborious yeah, to finish, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> It's, that's not that's not exactly um, typical <laughs> a recommendation yeah this beer's great except you know i heard i had a really hard time finishing it <laughs> what do we got here oh from brian a repeat offender all right what improvement would you like for the shop if money was no object also if money mattered now, Brian, he's a great point. Woodworks on Instagram. Um, if money was no object, I'd like a dedicated finishing area. You know, big um, area for sanding and finishing. You know, spraying. Um, and if money mattered, and it does. <laughs> uh, let's see. What would I? I'm really. I'm still hung up on that line boring machine. Mm-hmm. Want a line boring machine. Because, yeah. it's, you know, we get a kitchen, drilling all those holes, it takes a long fucking time. Yeah. And you inject human air into that, and all of a sudden you end up with shelves that are a little bit, it just it brings down the, you know, the perceived sort of quality of the of the kitchen because yeah. it's, you know, even yeah. the cheapest kitchen you find, the shelves are all flat. Yeah. So it, it uh, it's just like a bug I got on my ass. I agree with you as far as the... Um finishing room that's something i've uh dreamt of for the longest time and that was before i even thought about spraying Mm -hmm. just the idea of being able to get a piece out of the shop the fabrication end of the shop where there's not going to be any more dust on it and stuff like that and just getting it out of the way because finishing is mostly downtime right so we put it over there we put a coat of oil on it and then we'll come back tomorrow and we right. can still work over here. Right. Um, it just... Just want to clean it once yeah, and put sh- it away. Like, yeah, you, you become hesitant to cut things and, um, you know, it, it takes up time that doesn't need to. Yeah, yeah. Um, my dream for the area we have now would be another building. Like, sort of in a, to create an L. Mm-hmm. And with like maybe a car park kind of area, not a car, but like a, a breezeway. Yeah, a breezeway exactly to join the two areas. 
That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, with big double door, put things on a cart, wheel mm-hmm. it into the... Yeah. Then a third building eventually <laughs> into the back 40. That's where we keep the Kool-Aid. <laughs> that's that's for the itinerant workers. Mm-hmm. You know, that'll be a bunkhouse upstairs. Get the sanding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about... Oh, I didn't... If money mattered... Uh, what would uh, you like for the shop? Um, wow. I mean, we got the edge banner coming, so that's off the list. Yeah. I, w- I would still like a reliable, um, belt sander, a wide belt sander. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the Woodmaster, which is finicky would be the mo- nicest thing I could say about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, like, I imagine having a time saver or like a just yeah. a machine, uh, you know. I don't even know. Do they still even make time savers? Yeah, I, don't I don't think know. so. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I always think about that because I always see time savers. I'm like, I don't even think they fucking make those yeah. anymore. We don't really even have the the infrastructure for it because. Mm, yeah, most pro- of them are three phase. Three phase. Big, you need big, another big dedicated, com- you know, we'd need a different compressor. 60 gallon compressor or something. Yeah, so. That's that's probably not even doable. Whereas the line bore, that's something we could actually have and and use and um, and keep. It's just one of those repetitive, you know, yeah, mundane tasks that if you could just go and drill yeah. one side, flip the board around, and then drill the other. I mean, it would just be such a breeze. It's I, like the hinge boring machine. You know, we've we haven't even used it. No, we just messed around with it. But yeah. you know what? When we got a job where we got to drill a bunch of doors, it's there. It's ready to go. Yeah, we and it's still save do us by a hands. bunch of headache. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Do you ever use stains or tints in your finish? Or would you just prefer to use darker or lighter wood to achieve a similar effect? That's uh, one of our patrons, Miles, known as Eat Drink Wine Guy on Instagram. So we typically try and steer the client towards changing the species of the wood. Um, but we do use, you know, Rubio Monocoat and we use the um, the dark tongue oil from, from Real Milk Paint. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we definitely do use, you know, stains and tints. Yeah, yeah. We've dabbled in both those areas for sure. Um, first choice, as Jeff said, Let's let's use a different species, mm-hmm. even in the same project. We like to use one or two or sometimes three different species to achieve that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, most often we're asked to, when we're using a tint, it's to create something that's not really a natural color. Yeah. Uh, like black, blackish, or on the opposite end, something that's almost white. Uh, and so there's nothing you can do about that. If that's really what the client is uh, is looking for, there's no way around it. So um, no matter how much we dig our heels in, we have to either learn how to use these things, accept it, and all that other stuff. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we're kind of purists, but I mean, there's times where, like, I mean, I like things that are like a like a white oak with like a greenish kind of stain on or something could be cool you know i mean there's definitely times where 
where it's nice. I mean, yeah, I mean, we came across that uh, Rubio, what, like teak or almost teak? What do they call it? Look Ipe. Look Ipe. <laughs> I was close. Man, do I sound like an like old man teak. now? <laughs> Look Ipe. And it really, it looked nice on a couple of different species. I mean, we were yeah. both like, wow, this is the goofiest name Thing. Yeah. Well, we ended up going with the Royal, it's called. Yeah. But the, the look Ipe is pretty close. Yeah. It has that kind of shellac kind of look. Um, like an orange, ambery orange kind of. Yeah. But not in a false sort of way, which no. you might expect. It really, it was it was nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that cherry piece is a, I can't wait to, to go up there and put the handles on and hopefully they'll have the floors finished soon. Yeah, the door. See the door. Yeah, that'll be a nice little trip. We're going to have to... Uh, Figure to have some lunch or something so we can uh, make it a nice, nice trip so we don't just drive up there and drive back. Probably stop in Newark. There you go. Uh, so we have our last question here. This will be the question of the week. We'll be doing this on the Patreon, so you can, uh, if you go down to the the uh, description, you can find out how to how to uh, become part of that. This is from one of our patrons, Adam Pothast, Adam P. Um, we were talking about like dream projects a couple weeks ago. Like, what would our dream project be? And we kind of <clears throat> had a few different versions of the same question over the past mm-hmm. couple months. Uh, so Adam asks, instead of thinking of dream projects, I was wondering, someone just wanted a Green Street piece for their home, not commercial establishment. What would they get? More specifically, what would they get if their budget was under 5000 And what would they get if their budget was under 20000 All other decisions, material size, et cetera, are up to you. So we'll talk about that. On the, uh, I guess we're calling the, the Patreon show the question of the week. All right. I like that. So that brings us to thoughts on beer of the week. <laughs> I think it's probably the first time you're going to see that, that we both still have beer in the glass. Yeah. Yeah. This one started out a, a solid A for me. And now it's like, I really, I don't yeah. even really want There's to drink There's too the much going on. Yeah. You know what it, I don't know if you, well, you don't really eat this stuff, and neither do I for the most part. But you know, like something like sweet and sour chicken from Chinese food places? Like you have those first couple of pieces and you go, man, it's pretty good. Mm. But then that fourth piece, it starts trailing off real fast, and you can't eat a whole plate of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's this, it tastes like a, like a fake donut to me. Like, <laughs> Like if they were like, yeah, this is like donut flavored popcorn or something. Oh, like that's kind of what good. it tastes like to me. Well, Mexican coffee funnel cake. I'm gonna take one more sip. I'm gonna See, finish this off. There's some sediment there in the bottom of the glass. It um, you know, it's just it's becoming sort of artificial tasting to me. Yeah, you know, on that no, the, the lack of carbonation is a little off putting. It it reminds me of like a breakfast cereal almost. Yeah, like a cinnamon toast crunch. Doesn't it? Yeah. Um. So they really no. You know what it tastes like? Waffle crisp. You probably never had that. No. So they really hit the Mexican coffee funnel cake thing. Whatever the hell that is. It just wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a up our street, as they say in Britain. I could like split one with somebody, but yeah. Like, I couldn't have another beer. Like, not no. even a different beer. No. It's just, like, my stomach too much. is a little bit, like... It's too much. 
So, you know, I'm going to give it a a qualified thumbs up. What's the uh, ABV on that? Because it tastes a little bit boozy. It is. It's um, 8%? No, it's not. It's 5.5. Oof. It's definitely a little hot. Yeah. Yeah, you could taste this. Oh, you know, that's the chili. The peppers. Yeah. Um, I th- Originally, I thought I said 8.5, but it's just 5.5. That's pretty low. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a qualified thumbs up because I, I wouldn't want to give it a thumbs down. I, I No, I, yeah, I, I mean. Couldn't do that. It was good. You can't expect to, like, you know, put those down like it's like a Coors Light. Right. When you when you buy this beer, you got to go into it knowing this isn't your standard, Yeah. you know, what, what would it be, a Pilsner or something yeah. like that? It's called Mexican coffee funnel cake. Yeah. So, you know, it's your own fault. It's no. If you uh, think it's too complex. It's no waffle sauce. <laughs> no, it's not. What was that? Was it called yeah. waffle sauce? It was like a pecan yeah. or something. It was terrible. Um, so this was better than that one. But we may give that brewery another shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of liked, I liked the direction. I just too much yeah. in the end. Maybe a 12-ounce yeah. can would have been fine. Yeah, or... Uh, like if that would have been fun on one of those flights. Yeah, like at you, the end. Yeah, where you have just you know four. What are those three or four ounces? Those little glasses. Yeah, probably yeah, f- probably four, three. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I want to thank our gold tier patrons: Jerry Greenan, David Murphy, Manny Siriani, Dustin Fair, Adam Podhast, David Shoemaker, and Colin Lyon. Thank you. Thank we'll you. See guys. you all in the question of the week. Yeah. And we'll see all of you next week, episode forty-one. Thank you. Take care of yourselves. Adios.